Hello everybody, welcome to episode 79 of the Rude Horror Podcast. I'm your host Marcus Rude, and today uh, I'll be having a, a great conversation with uh, cinematographer, director Joe Sherlock. He's here to talk about uh, some of the films that, that he's worked on, and uh, as well as talking about the horror genre. So uh, it's going to be a great episode. Uh, I do want to mention real quick that there are... Uh, some uh recording hiccups that occurred in the in the process of recording this so uh periodically you'll kind of hear uh little cuts it cuts in and out a little bit so uh you know i apologies for that but uh i think you know nonetheless it's a great conversation and uh definitely work definitely worth listening to before we dive right into uh, the conversation, I want to mention uh, Midwest Monster Fest presents Halfway to Halloween Convention 2022. So uh, it's going to be another Midwest Monster Fest convention at the Rock Island County Fairgrounds uh, in East Moline, Illinois. It'll be happening May 13th and May 14th. So mark your calendars and... Uh, Get, get ready to uh, have another great time here in the Midwest. Uh, two guest announcements have been made. Damien Maffe, who plays uh, the, the devil in the movie Haunt. He also played in Wrong Turn 2021. The Strangers Pray at Night. Uh, Time's Up, which I've had him on the podcast before with Elsie uh, Holt to talk about Time's Up. Uh, and then uh, his newest film that he's working on, Dark Circles. So we look forward to uh, seeing Damien here at uh, the Midwest Monster Fest. And uh, also a, another haunt actress, Terry Partica. I think that's how you pronounce her name. Partica. My apologies. Uh, she plays the witch in Haunt. And so uh, this is kind of a a surprise to, to see that uh, you know we're finally getting all of the haunt characters to Midwest Monster Fest so it's amazing and uh, you know it's amazing for the people that do have the Ronin Flix box set because you know we have, we have a chance here at Midwest Monster Fest to get all of those signed if uh, you know if you choose to uh, you know it's it's, it's a great chance to get those all signed if you do have those. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, it, it's going to be a great event. I went to the one last year and, uh, well, earlier this year, and uh, it was a total blast. I, I loved the atmosphere. It kind of felt like we were at a fair, uh, but just, you know, filled with uh, horror genre stuff. It was amazing. And, you know, sideshow acts up on a stage. Uh, venue spots uh, indoor and outdoor and uh, carnival games and, and whatnot it really kind of felt like I was at the fair and it was uh, an amazing time so I can only imagine that it's gonna be even better than than the last the last event so I definitely look forward to that. You can go to MidwestMonsterFest.com, find out more information, or uh, find Midwest Monster Fest on Facebook or Instagram. Uh, But without further ado, let's just dive right into the conversation that I had with director Joe Sherlock.
I'm here with cinematographer, director, and actor Joe Sherlock, and he's worked on films Manos Returns, the official sequel to the cult classic Manos, The Hands of Fate, Things 5, Scarecrow County, Blood Creek Woodsman, and many more. Uh, welcome to the show, Joe. Hey, man. Thanks for having me. No problem. No problem. Uh, so uh, before we get into uh, talking about the films that you worked on, uh, what got you into the horror genre? You know, I think it was uh, just growing up, uh, I would watch Saturday afternoon when I was, I grew up in New Jersey and out of Philadelphia, they had a, a Saturday afternoon horror host show, Dr. Shock. So he'd show uh, two horror movies back to back on Saturday afternoon. So I think, you know, I watched that a lot when I was a kid. That was influential. And, you know, I was stuff like uh, Greek mythology and comic books and, and all that stuff, which is really just storytelling and and uh, things like that. And so I, and I drew my own comic books when I was growing up, stuff like that. So I was always very creative. And uh, yeah, I just always liked horror movies. And um, so when I, I, I would make silly videos with my friends early on, uh, yeah, skits, you know, we do TV commercial parodies and, and I had a little garage band, so we did music videos and things like that. But then, uh, when I, when I, uh, decided to really try to put some effort into making something, um, it was, and I could, you know, work with fake blood and, and do stuff like that. And, uh, I just love it. I love making, making horror stuff in particular. Right on, right on. So, like, over the past year or so, you've collaborated with uh, SOV Horror to release uh, several of your films, including Bloody Red Lips of Blood, Lust of the Vampire Hookers, Crimson Heather, and uh, your first few releases, uh, Dimension of, well, to name a few, uh, Dimension of Blood and We Need Earth Women. Uh, what was the story on uh, finally getting those films released? Yeah, that was fantastic. I had, um, so yeah, blood, I had started back in 1995. So I've been doing this for a while and, um, yeah, those early ones I had put out on VHS myself, self-distributing. And there was a magazine called Draculina magazine that was pretty popular at the time in the sort of B movie underground world. I sold stuff, uh, through those guys as well. And, uh, and, but then, you know, time goes on, I got better and um, I was shooting on digital and putting stuff out on DVD. And I had some of those things that I put out on DVD, but not all of them. And uh, Tony Masiello, who runs Be Horror, who I've known a long time um, online as just fans of, of B-movies and, and indie horror and stuff like that, he uh, reached out to me and, and wanted to put out a, a few of my early titles because that was that's the whole shtick with SOV horrors he's trying to find stuff that was shot on video back in the uh, 90s 2000s and mm -hmm. and uh, put them out in really great packaging because he knows there's an audience out there that loves that stuff and and so often as the case is with several of my titles they sort of get lost to time I had done the work to put out a few of those things on DVD but but then I was busy making my making new stuff. So we made a deal to, to put out a whole bunch of this older stuff. And I worked for about a year with him, actually the, like, like 2020, um, putting together, finding masters, uh, master tapes and, uh, 
recording new extras, new commentary tracks. I mean, they didn't have commentary tracks anyways, but commentary tracks, which is involved because I would watch the movies and make notes. A lot of times I'd have to look up things to get the dates right and, and references and things like that. And I did interviews with a whole bunch of people that were in the movies. Uh, I, I dug through photos, actually printed photos and had to scan them for all the stories. It was a lot, but it was great because I knew that he'd do a terrific job putting out a package that really is like, here's the movie and here's all this other stuff that really, I think, puts you in the mindset and the time of when all that stuff was happening. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Uh, you know, I was going through his catalog because actually that's uh, how I discovered you really was uh, through SOV Horror. And, uh, you know, I've had Tony on the show before to talk about SOV Horror and uh so you know over time i've just been kind of uh diving into suv horror stuff and uh it's fantastic i love the whole idea of uh his label being you know shot on video oriented i think it's great it it it's i think it's great i have um i've met several people who had never heard of me and you know discovered a few of the old movies and then have have you know, picked up some, a bunch of them and, and then picked up some new ones, but, but it's just cool to hear from people who dig that stuff. I mean, it was kind of lost for a while. I had put stuff out on tape and then just never had, uh, you know, made the jump. And, uh, the, again, the thing to me is just, he put so much time making sure the quality is as best as, as good as it can be. Um, I mean, some of my early, I mean, that first thing I shot, Dimension of Blood, that was shot literally on VHS tape. So um, it's not the greatest quality <laughs> to begin with when you're making the stuff back in the day. But he right. really does a great job trying to make it as uh, a great a presentation as possible. And then, of course, all the extras. So um, I, I just, um, I can't say enough about him. He is so dedicated to really lovingly putting out this stuff. Uh, and I know there's there's people out there that really get into it, and that's so great to hear. Right, right. Yeah, uh, suvhorror.com. People should check out uh, all the great titles over there, and including Joe Sherlock's titles. Yeah, how, how many releases do you have through him? I know you have, like, let's see, one, two, like maybe at least three or four. I think... I think it's seven altogether. Oh, okay. And some of them are, are double features. There are a bunch of things I did early on that were like 40 long things. So I know that he's doubled up some of them uh, in the drive-in specials, which is really right. cool, really cool presentation. Right. Yeah, I was kind of counting those double features as, as one. Yeah, you, yeah, you, I mean, you have several films in his catalog, which is great. Uh, I know that there's some other filmmakers that have maybe a couple films, but I think maybe uh, you have the most. <laughs> Probably. I think, uh, like I said, I started, I started, uh, and I haven't stopped. So <laughs> I've made, and, and that period in particular, the early 2000s, I had a friend, John Bowker, who was also a filmmaker. And the two of us, I shot all his movies. 
and he was in most of my movies. And so we were always collaborating and it was just this frenzy for several years there where we were constantly making multiple projects and making anthology segments for other filmmakers that we had met around the country. And it was just always a ton of stuff going on. So it was very, a very productive period. So yeah, there's a lot of stuff from back then. Awesome. Awesome. Um, so you've worked on uh, several Things movies, uh, and not to be confused with the 1989 SOV Things. Um, right. How did you come about uh, working on those films? I actually rented the Dave Sterling Things movie from a video store way back uh, end of the 90s, early 2000s. I can't remember exactly when, but... Um, Anyway, so I had I had rented that and and I was aware of Dave Sterling for years because he's been around for a long time putting stuff out. Mm -hmm. I have friends in California who've done work for him over the years. So I was familiar with with him and I actually got, got to know him in recent years through Facebook. He started doing a he called it a night. He called it night talk talk show where he just would get on Facebook live uh several times a week and either just talk about his own movies or he'd have uh someone on and interview them about about movies mm -hmm. and i i started watching those and he reached out to me and said hey you should be on my show and um and 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 then he said hey you know you should make a movie for me and i was always hesitant because i knew that in general his movies uh or in talking to people them they were dime lines and I just can't work that fast usually because I tend to do everything. I tend to write and cast and direct and shoot and edit and and probably three quarters of the time do the music. I like doing all those parts, uh, but it just means things take a long time. And so the idea of so the idea of doing something really quick uh, in a matter of weeks to turn it around was just like oh I can't do that. So. Um, so basically what I ended up deciding to do with um, what came out as Things 5, I actually made that on my own initially. I kind of put myself in the mindset, well, what if I was making a movie for Dave, uh, you know? Uh, mm -hmm. And so content-wise, I looked at his other movies and it's, you know, it's it's hot chicks and monsters, you know, thrown together. <laughs> and um, and it it took about a year it i had it all set up it should have taken about three months and i had all kinds of problems with casting and people backing out and i had to reshoot about a quarter of the movie and it it ended up just being kind of a mess uh but the whole idea when i was done was to kind of say hey dave would you be interested in picking this movie up and uh and he was and i had up and said hey let's do two more and so, and I, and I said, I can't do them very fast. He's like, I know I get it. I, you know, I like your stuff and your style and uh, you know, if it takes a while, that's okay. So that's how it started. And so I've subsequently made, um, I made things two things with a Z uh, and then um, thing six, six, six is going to be coming out at the end of the year. Awesome. Awesome. And, uh, and that's going to be a part of a new box set, right? There's an existing Things box set that I have two movies in. So actually, so there's, so I did Things with, and I did 
is five. And then uh, Things 666 is coming out December. So last at the end of last year, he put out the Things box set. So 666 will be an addition to that. The What's new is um, Dave and I have been working for about a year on two Skullface Astronaut box sets. And that's my company name. Uh, there's going to be a Blu-ray box set with six Blu-rays in it. These movies have never been on Blu-ray before. I made uh commentary tracks and featurettes and everything for them hmm. beautiful artwork done by an artist in belgium that we've worked with like i said about a year um so the blu-ray box and there's also for those that want to get dvds there's a 10 dvd box set that um that i did the art for hmm. that's coming out as well nice and that's yet to be revealed right like they haven't revealed the artwork for it yeah, you are correct. I, I don't know when this will air. If Dave's <laughs> talking, I mean, uh, the artwork should be revealed before Thanksgiving. Okay. So potentially, I don't know when this will air, but it might be out. But uh, so at this point, it's like next week. Okay. Uh, he's looking at releasing the artwork. Right on. Yeah. yeah. Uh, at, at this point, I have, let's see, two more episodes to publish before this one. So I don't know. It might, it might re- release... Uh, before Thanksgiving or right after, I yeah, it's, it's hard to tell it right now. Yeah, it's it's pending right this second. <laughs> well, very cool. Yeah, I uh, I yeah I look forward to uh, seeing those box sets and uh, you know the the ones that are already out from Sterling Entertainment. They just look amazing, <laughs> and you know with with them. Uh, working beside a uh, make flicks or at least they're selling them on make make flicks uh i i think it's it's awesome how boutique labels are kind of booming right now yeah you know there's there just seems to be an, an abundance of them but uh i think it's great for you know fans of film in general and you know especially the horror fans we're we're loving it <laughs> yeah i agree it's a it it's I was I did I've done several interviews um about the the market for for independent movies and it's and what I've said is it's always the best of times and the worst of times. There's always good and bad. It is a wonderful time. I mean, Two B T V is awesome. I can go almost anything on there. And I and you're right, with all these boutique labels, you can pick up a physical copy of tons of stuff that you know, for years hasn't been available or has only been available in a substandard sort of presentation. Um, it's it's hard as a filmmaker because there's so many options out there. There's so many free options for, for fans to, to watch stuff. Um, but my But it's always been that way. There's always been, oh, this is a great thing, but at the same time, oh, no, this is terrible, right? So yeah. I just sort of go with the flow. And I try to do a whole bunch of things so i've got some stuff on vod and i you know do stuff that comes out on physical i put out my own physical stuff i do deals with companies that put out short run vhs i do screenings at theater pubs so there's you know i just sort of do a little bit of everything and it's always fun to watch stuff with a crowd or get feedback from people who are able to pick stuff up or discover something like you just oh i'd never heard of this but i just discovered it from this label or on this weird channel and uh mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it's cool, right? Yeah, the the 
thing about being like a, a fan of horror is that there's so much out there. So it's like, you know, when someone says, oh, you haven't watched that film. It's like, well, I mean, there's so much to watch in so little time. So I, I'll, I, I'll get to it when I can get to it. Uh, that is true. I, I yeah. have that same problem. Right. Like I, I still have a, a watch list that seems like I'll, I'll never get to the end of it. Like it's just, it keeps on growing rather than uh, dwindling. Yeah. Right. And that's what I've said. It's a great time to be alive, right? That <laughs> right. all that's going on. But at the same time, it's like, Oh, but I, I don't have time to watch it. Yeah. You know, I, I, I do my best to, uh, you know, and, and I, I love the horror genre and this is why I do a horror based podcast just because I like talking to uh, people that work within the business of making horror films or even like authors and stuff. I mean, uh, anyone yeah. who's uh, involved within the horror genre one way or another, uh, I like to have them on and, and just talk about the genre. That's great. Um, but anyways, moving on, uh, you worked uh, on several Fred Olin Ray films. What was your experience like working with him? I met Fred. Uh, so I've known Fred online for a long time. He used to run on a uh, um, bullet work back in the early 2000s that was a wild place because there were people like Fred Olin Ray and Dave Dakota and other, um, you know, actual working in Hollywood directors and producers. But then there were also dudes like me who were just making movies literally in their backyards and garages. And we all could jump in and talk about stuff. And it was really cool. And truth be told, I, I'm trying to think where I heard this. Tony, Tony was interviewed recently by someone and talked about this the the uh the best credit that i have from a fred movie i think is bikini wrangler because because that sounds great <laughs> but the truth of the matter is uh fred was padding out his credits to those movies with the names of people from the bulletin board so sadly uh i was not really working on movies like bikini airwaves and bikini hoedown etc mm -hmm. but it's very cool to have <laughs> have on my credits i did meet fred in person back in 2015 he was at a convention that was only a couple hours away from me and it was awesome because we hung out dinner that and uh you know chatted a lot and it was uh a great time i you know i've, I've talked to fred online over the years he's given me great advice right on right on yeah i i like uh fred owen ray films they're you know i i'm a fan of like the the b movies and uh he's got some really good ones yeah sure but yeah I, I know it's not christmas yet but i i gotta ask what was it like working on scarecrow county i'm a sucker for scarecrow movies it was very cool uh my friend john dalton directed that and i i he's another guy i i think i met him on a bulletin board the b independent bulletin boards back in the day i've known john online for a long time and um yeah he uh so i did two things for scarecrow county so he's in the midwest so i wasn't physically there but i did create the scarecrow mask that he used in this movie so i created that here 
uh, and and mailed that to him. But he also had me do a bunch of voiceovers. So myself, I coordinated with myself and some people that I usually make movies with here, and recorded a bunch of voiceovers that I then sent to John, and he used that in the in the plot of the movie where people are uh, um, flashing back to things that happened back in the day. Uh-huh. You hear all these voiceovers, and that's that's me and and my cast of usual suspects out here. Oh, so awesome. it was really neat to be involved. Um, did you by chance do the uh, the comic artwork as well? I did not. You know, John talked to me about that. I I had a as, as I always do. I have I had a lot of projects going on, and um, he did ask me if I wanted to do a few drawings. But I just didn't have time. But he he also had someone, a, a key person, doing the artwork for it. So I mean, you've just been sort of an extra piece of art that would be shown in the background um, that I just didn't have time for. But he he already had someone lined up to do the artwork. Well, okay. I you know I just knew that uh, that you're an artist as well, and I thought well maybe <laughs> I for, I guess I'd ask to see if you did the artwork for it as well. Yeah, I mean that would have been cool. It just time wise, it wouldn't have worked out. Right. Um, I don't know. For some reason, I want to jump back to uh, Sterling Entertainment. Um, I still have a VHS copy of a film called Crystal Force Two. Do you remember that film? You know, I have not seen Crystal Force Two, but I, I'm aware of it. Yeah. It, I mean, the artwork is just amazing, and when I. Yeah. I found it uh, at a thrift store of all places. I was like, Oh my gosh, I got to check this out. And, uh, it's, you know, it's, it's a stirring entertainment film. It's, it's got, uh, the nudity and, and, uh, you know, your sacrificial blood and gore. And it's, you know, it's, it's a film that it's, it's actually kind of hard to find, but I mean, if people can find it, I say, check it out. Yeah, I haven't seen that one, but I know there is kind of a formula to a lot of stuff. I, I, um, you know, with all the witchcraft movies and and other things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of like you know similar in the in the veins of of those type of films. Yeah. Um, and I you know I've had uh, other guests on the show that have worked with uh, Sterling Entertainment, uh, Brad Sykes and uh, Joe Castro. Um, yeah. And, you know, we've talked about, uh, camp blood movies and zombie chronicles. So it's, it's cool to kind of build, uh, uh, the conversation with people that have worked with Sterling entertainment. Yeah. I, you know, it's been going good for me. Like I said, I did the things movies. We've worked, been working on this box set for a long time, but I also earlier this year, um, I made Axe Grinder 3. So, um, and I did that with, a, I've got a filmmaking friend up in Washington and, and I, I wrote the script in a way that, that my friend Joseph could shoot part of the movie and, and, kind of, um, and I would shoot part of it and then I would cut it all together. And so that was a fun experience. And that is done, Axe Grinder 3. I'm not sure exactly when that's coming out. It might it might not be till after the first of the year. But um, but that'll go along with 
there's an axe grinder box set that's out already that has two movies in it so there'll be a third uh going in there and that was a fun experience nice nice so uh i, I got a couple of just uh horror genre questions for you uh what, what's your favorite universal monster or universal monster film creature from the black lagoon nice nice that that's an easy one right <laughs> i mean i like i like them all in fact I believe my dad took me to see Dracula at the library when I was a little kid. Um, you know, they had just some sort of film series and I remember seeing Dracula there and that was really cool. And of course that, um, Saturday afternoon, um, horror host show, Dr. Shock when I was a kid also, I'm, I, you know, I, I don't know if they showed universal, I'm assuming they did, but I definitely saw, you know, it's growing creature and is so you know unique and i know i know i have a lot of friends who feel the same way it's just so unique and otherworldly um that it just is it makes a big impression on you the greatest thing was when my kid was little i don't know he was maybe uh, 10 or something uh a, a little indie theater in the next town over was showing creature in 3d hmm. and so i got to go which I had seen year, I don't know when it was. They showed that they showed the creature from the Black Lagoon in 3D on TV uh, at some point, and I remember that you had to like go to a 7-Eleven or something. It was I think a teenager, but but I had never seen it in 3D in a theater. So I was able to take my son and go to this little theater and see the creature from the Black Lagoon in 3D, and it was amazing. It was so great to experience it that way. Amazing, yeah, I. Uh haven't seen it in 3d so i need to try to find a way to track a copy of that down yeah it was cool i i do like there's another movie dracula's daughter i also like quite a bit which is uh, unlike a lot of the other movies but i i do like it it, it is very creepy Mm-hmm. yeah for sure yeah i mean it's it's hard to pick one right i mean they're all amazing yeah. in their own rights yeah, but uh, you know, I I have to agree with you as far as like the creature from the Black Lagoon is definitely one of my favorites. Yeah, and uh, yeah, yeah, they're just they're they're always fun to kind of look back on, and it's interesting to hear uh, if anyone has favorites. I was like hearing, you know, what's you know, especially the guests on the show. You know, I I like to hear uh, everyone, you know, everyone's opinions on who their favorites are. Yeah. Uh, do you, do you have a favorite type of subgenre of horror films? Is there a, a specific uh, subgenre that you tend to gravitate more to? Um. Well, that's a good question. I I don't know necessarily. I do like B movies, so you know things like Humanoids from the Deep and and like. Um, Forbidden World. Those are mm-hmm. a couple of my favorites. So those are sort of like schlocky creature features with with a lot of B movie elements in them. So I do, you know, I guess I get towards the stuff. Okay. I Phantasm is my favorite horror movie, and you know that's sort of unlike anything. So that's not really, that's sort of a subgenre of its own. Right, yeah, that one's that one's an amazing film. Yeah, and you know Don Coscarelli making it on uh, 
uh, low budget, kind of like uh, you know uh, Sam Raimi kind of took, like you know they're they're similar in a way where they uh, created those films very low budget and then sparked interest in the the you know the big distributors to continue those type of films. Um, but yeah. you know, Don, Don Coscarelli was really smart about his budget. I liked the fact that, uh, you know, as a young filmmaker, he, uh, you know, had the smarts enough to let's rent these cameras on the weekend to where I think like on Sundays they weren't charged for some reason. So they kind of got like an extra day worth of shooting for free essentially. Yeah. I agree. Have you read his book that he wrote? I I have not read his book yet. It is excellent, I have to say. I have done for years and and always fascinated as you are with a lot of that type of stuff. And um yeah, the book he wrote was just amazing. He told to so many stories I that I had never heard of. I mean, I and I had seen plenty of interviews. Um, there's a lot of stuff in there. It's very, you know, on the one hand, it's it's disheartening because he got he got screwed over and ripped off over and over again, but also inspiring because he managed to, you know, keep going and he managed to do stuff like that. You know, work smart and and do some amazing things. Uh, is you know, Fred Ellen Ray that we talked about earlier did the same thing. He would rent the camera packs and. Um, you know, managed to get a free day out of him over the weekend or, or also Fred would, um, you know, take advantage of having camera equipment for an extra day or using short ends of film or whatever, and, you know, work on a second project while a big project was going on. And mm. I, I took that to heart. I've done that several times where I will have, um, I'll shoot some extra scenes at the end of a regular shoot that's for a, a different project that'll be coming down the pike. Or at the very least, when I set up shoots, you know, I'm trying to figure out what else can I do at the same time? You know, could I shoot an extra scene with these people or could I shoot or, uh, you know, could I, when I, when I have multiple projects going on, it's always like, how can I maximize, I'm going to get these people together. You know, they're going to make the effort to get together. I'll have all my equipment there. Um, you know, how can I know the, the thing I'm going to do is only going to take, you know, four hours. What can I do to take advantage of everybody being there for another few hours to get some stuff shot? So I've taken that to heart. Right, right. Yeah, it's just that's just brilliant filmmaking and, you know, just very smart use of uh, you got the equipment there. Let's let's try to stretch out uh, the most for the, the the biggest bang for our buck, essentially. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, I, I I admire that type of filmmaking. It's uh, you know, hardworking filmmaker at best. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, have have you seen any horror movies lately that uh, you'd recommend people to check out? Oh, let me think. It's so hard for me to keep track. I just I. <laughs> You know, I just yeah. end up seeing, seeing stuff and um, I'm just busy all the time. Like I'm squeezing in stuff here and there. Uh, um, did you see the new Halloween Kills movie? I did see that. I, you know, I 
I had problems with uh, I had problems with the plot on that one. I think you know the kills were uh, brutal and and there was a lot of great looking scenes and stuff like that. But I I had issues with um, kind of some of the plot stuff. So mm-hmm. I, I I've talked to several people who have felt the same way. I mean you know it, everybody can like what they want. I totally get it. And I it wasn't a horrible experience, but I several times while I was watching, I was like, "What? You know that wouldn't happen." <laughs> Things like right that. But but you know it's it's cool that they're making it. Yeah, I don't know, man. You know I I watch the Joe Bob Briggs specials that come on. I I'm so I'm. Bo- I know I got a big list on Shutter that I'm way behind on watching. I, I actually mm-hmm. have been watching documentaries recently, so which is not horror at all. So that's why I'm I'm kind of blanking on horror stuff I've seen recently. Mm-hmm. Well, right on. Yeah, I uh, actually, you know, speaking of Shutter, uh, in documentaries, I started watching the Al Adamson mm. uh, documentary, and uh, you know, I'm maybe a quarter of the way through, but. My God, that 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 documentary is really fascinating. Actually, I actually paid to rent that when it first became available because I was so anxious to watch it. And yeah, it, well worth it. I was, and I knew the story. Well, I thought I knew the story. I mean, I I knew about him, but oh my gosh, that was so. It was so revealing how deep they could go, but also just so well done. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm, uh, I, you know, so far I'm really impressed with the documentary. I'm, I'm kind of uh, hooked on uh, t- trying to finish it. Actually, I'm anxious to finish it. Yeah, yeah. But so that's that's a recommendation I could give people is to if you don't know much about Al Adamson, check out the. Uh, I'm trying to blank on the name. Is it called? Is it Flesh and Blood? Something like that. Yeah, Al Adamson, Flesh and Blood. Yeah, documentary. It's uh, very fascinating, and uh, you know, it's you know, you you learn about film history and uh, Fred Olin Ray's even on the, the documentary. So definitely check it out. <laughs> I'd say even if you do know about Al, I mean, I I casually knew about his movies and and his career and his life, but. Uh, hear what and it was very well put together right right uh, you know and with with how well this is put together I'm anxious to uh, uh, maybe even dive into some of Andy Milligan's stuff as well because I know Severin you know put out the Al Adamson box set with the documentary and then they also have the Andy Milligan box set and I, th- I th- want to say maybe there's a documentary about him on that one. Uh, I'm not 100 percent sure. Yeah, but, maybe I've seen a couple of Andy's films. I'm I'm not a kind of. I mean, I I liked them. I just haven't seen a ton of stuff. I know he put a lot, a lot of. But another guy who just like had his own quirky vision and made it happen. You know, just got his friends together and by hook or by crook figure out a way to to make a movie mm-hmm. i tell you one thing interesting for sov horror fans in particular there's a documentary that came out called mail order murder that's all about uh, wave productions and 
which is a custom video outfit that operates out of New Jersey that I've been aware of probably as long as I've been making movies. Because I mentioned Draculina Magazine. 90s, I subscribed to that and Wave videos were sold out of the back of that. And um, so there's a documentary called Mail Order Murder that just came out. And that is... And I, I, so I've known Gary casually for years, the, the subject of the documentary, and knew essentially kind of what his story was. But again, this documentary goes so deep and interviews so many people and really tells you the story of, of how he grew that business to be this bizarre sort of crazy thing that it is. Um, so that's, that's one that I would highly recommend. All right. Yeah, I'm definitely going to have to put that on my watch list. Um, well, Joe, uh, I know we, we talked about, uh, some of the things that you have coming up, but, uh, do you have anything else, uh, coming up down the, down the line here? Um, I, so I'll mention two things. One is actually out. It's, it's called channel 99. Um, I put that out, uh, this summer and it is a, um, it is my, it's an anthology. It's my homage to like late night pay cable shows in the early 80s, particularly like Showtime, uh, where they'd show all kinds of weird movies. And also a little bit of an homage to kind of the, the indie stations when I was growing up that showed all kinds of strange horror and sci-fi movies. And so Channel 99, the, the idea is it's a, it's a network and you're just watching a bunch of little movies and, and promos for other movies. Um, so, it, you know, it starts off with a promo for the channel and then there's a story and then there's like a, a commercial for a, a movie that a fake movie that you'll never see. And then another short and it goes on. So it's just a bunch of science fiction and horror shorts. Um, and I, I'm really happy with how it turned out. So that's something put out this summer. And, uh, as far as new stuff, I'm, I'm writing things. I'm, I'm a couple weeks. I'm going to shoot a short that's going to be part of an anthology that'll hopefully come out next year for someone else. Uh, but I'm writing several features that I'm going to be working on next year. I can't, it's part of a deal, so I can't quite announce what they are yet, but, um, always stuff going on. That's for sure. And, and my website is skullfaceastronaut.com. If anybody wants to check anything out, that's the hub for all my stuff that I do. Right on. Uh, is there anything else you, you'd like to let the fans know? You know, I think it's great that, um, you know, I appreciate you having me on, and I think it's great that you do this show. I think there's so many, you know, podcasts and and reviews and unboxings and this and that and the other thing out there that it's really like we said earlier it's a great time for the horror fans because there is so much content coming out so many things being created and there's so many communities you know i mentioned joe bob briggs i mean there's this whole mutant fam community of horror fans and i think um you know not only to just chat about our common interests but i think there is sort of a a family feel a lot of every year and it is a bit of a family feel because here's all the horror nerds descending on this hotel for a weekend and it's kind of like you know we're all part of the same uh group so i you know i think that's i think that's really cool 
Right. And, you know, like one thing that I've kind of learned about even through like podcasting is, you know, I've talked to, uh, I think like over, like over five people from different countries. And it's just kind of cool how like, you know, even like universally, you know, throughout the whole world, like we all have like this common bond in a way of, you know, our love for horror films. So I think it's really cool how, you know, I can reach people from outside the United States and still have, you know, an awesome conversation. Yes. Agreed. I, I often equate it to, you know, there's an aside, there's always, there's going to always be jerks in any group, right? So it's not perfect, but, um, but it's in general, great. I often equate it to heavy metal fans. You know, I mean, you can, I can talk to someone from, brazil about iron maiden and you know it's like you have that common interest a common mm-hmm. interest and a lot of times a common um uh, intense fanness for it you know so or people from europe that are into to metal i think that's another it's another sort of like a secret handshake like oh yeah metal dude yeah we've got that in common and so you've got a you're sort of on the same wavelength in that way right on well hey that that's another uh common thing we have as well, I I dig metal as well. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, I I I don't know if you've seen. I I just went and seen uh, Exhumed play him. Oh my gosh! Town by me. Wow. And I I finally am getting my hearing back yesterday. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, you check that, man. What's that? You were breaking up for a second. I just said you got to protect your hearing, man. Right, yeah. I I guess I'm getting to that age where <laughs> I got to start protecting my hearing. Yeah, but but it was it was a blast though. I had fun. That's great. But uh, but yeah, Joe. Uh, I know you know you have so many other films that we didn't really get to talk about. But uh, you know, I'd love to have you back on at some point, and maybe we can talk about some of those other films that you've worked on and. Uh, and, you know, if you can talk about whatever that you have going on uh, at that point, as far as new stuff, uh, that'd be amazing. Yeah, I think that's great. I would love to come back and I'll get a better microphone. <laughs> All right. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I actually, it sounds decent, but uh, yeah, I mean, I'm always trying to up my production as well. So, yeah, I usually am just doing like um <clears throat> i'm usually just doing zoom interviews that people throw up on youtube so you know the 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 computer setup i have is usually fine but i i do i do need to get like a headset uh, to do better on a lot of this stuff which i will at some point <laughs> but i'm busy like i said right right yeah it's it's yeah. hard keeping up with some of the stuff and you know you're busy with you know making films or yeah, you know, drawing and and whatnot. Um, but you know, I I used to do like Zoom and Skype uh, interviews, but I've noticed like the sound quality isn't the greatest when when uh, recording through there. Yeah. So uh, I was talking to some guys on on my podcast network, and they use uh, this clean feed, which you know the downside is there's no video, but the audio is you know, really, really good. 
uh, compared to like Skype or Zoom. So I, I guess for the time being, this is probably my best option. Yeah, sure. And uh, just because like my show is kind of audio based anyways. Uh, yeah. So it works out good. But eventually, you know, I'd like to build up my production and possibly do video as well. And, you know, try to have uh, good sound. But I would prefer just good sound over video right now. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. Well, Joe, uh, I just want to say thank you for coming to the show, man. I had a, a blast talking to you about your films and the horror genre. Well, this was fun. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on and um yeah it'd be cool to do it again i like i said i i've been doing this for a long time so i have all kinds of stuff <laughs> well that about wraps up the episode with joe sherlock uh, again i just want to say thank you joe for coming on the show and and talking about your films and the horror genre really appreciate it and if you want to find more uh films on joe sherlock check out the new box set uh the Skullface Astronaut box set on makeflix.com. They have all the goods for his brand new release. And you can either get that on the Blu-ray box set or there is a 10-pack DVD box set. So whichever one you prefer, they got you covered. And also check out some of the other great titles from Makeflix. They have lots of underground titles to uh, sink your teeth in. And uh, for some of Joe Sherlock's more underground, or not underground, for more of his SOV shot on video stuff, go to SOVHorror.com and pick up some of his early titles if you really want to to, to go back and, and check out some of his early work. That's a great spot too, and Tony Masiello over at SOVHorror.com has tons of uh, releases in his shop so you might even want to pick up some more of, of the titles over there because there's some really good ones over there uh, so don't sleep on those uh, so for what's next on the Root Horror Podcast uh, I have Justin Beam on the show that'll be the next episode and uh, he is the owner founder of uh, Reverend Entertainment who work on uh, special features for companies like Scream, Shout Factory. Uh, he's worked on Vinegar Syndrome titles, uh, Anchor Bay, and uh, Paramount Pictures, and, and many more. He's also a feature writer for uh, horror magazines like Fangoria, Famous Monsters of Filmland, Delirium, Horror Hound, and, and much more. So that's going to be another great not-to-miss episode, especially... Uh, with uh, Krampus the Naughty Cut 4K coming from uh, Scream Factory. Uh, we dive into talking about that and also some other Christmas horror films. So, uh, you know, more Christmas stuff is coming for December. Uh, so stay tuned, guys. And uh, if you want to find more information on the Root Horror Podcast, you can go to www.linktree.com forward slash Root Horror Podcast. And, uh, you know, for all the links regarding like, the website, YouTube channel, uh, pretty much everything is on that one. Otherwise, if, if you're a social media person, you 
can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Rude Horror Podcast. I'm also on Twitter at Rude Horror Pod. And uh, for all the other inquiries, if you want to, uh, you know, want to be a guest on the show, uh, have any questions that you'd like me to ask on the show, um, you know, I mean, just anything topic regarding, uh, you know, future episodes or, you know, whatever, uh, email me at rudehorror at gmail.com. And, you know, I don't know if, if you guys do have questions, I can always, uh, read them on the air maybe we'll start like a new segment of doing something like that i don't know i'm just brainstorming ideas but uh up to you guys uh, anyways uh thanks again to uh, nightlight for providing music to the show look forward to uh, the music that you guys make next year because it looks like uh you guys are planning on releasing some more music next year look forward to that and uh and yeah, uh, just want to say thank you all for listening to the show and uh, stay tuned for the next one.
listening to the Prescribed Films Podcast Network, home to hundreds of hours of free podcast entertainment. The shows on this network all have a common goal, providing you with the best discussions about movies and other forms of entertainment media. The PFPN hopes to fill your ear holes with audio joy. Visit our website with links to all the other amazing shows at www.thepfpn.com. Thanks for listening.